Take your Bible, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, and I'll begin reading in verse number 1 and read through verse number 9. We are in this series of messages about the fullness of the Holy Spirit. We are either lost, carnal, or spirit-filled. And Paul comes to this passage in 1 Corinthians 3, talking about the spiritual man. That's what you're supposed to be. If you're a member of this church, you're supposed to be the spiritual man, the spiritual woman, spiritual individual. And Paul writes about that in, in chapter 2. He talks about, I didn't come to you with superiority of speech, and uh, I wasn't cool, and uh, all of that. He said, I came in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, in verse number 4. He said, there's certain things that eyes not seen, ears not heard, never entered into the heart of man. But he said in verse number 10, God revealed those things to us through the Spirit. In verse number 13, he said that, we're not supposed to speak in human wisdom, but we're to be taught, taught by the Holy Spirit. And then he jumps in in chapter 3, he begins for our text today when he's talking about what we should be in the spirit life. But then he says, 1 Corinthians 3, verse 1, And I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual men, but as to men of flesh, as to infants in Christ. I gave you milk to drink, not solid food, for you were not yet able to receive it. Indeed, even now you're not able, for you're still fleshly. For since there's jealousy and strife among you, are you not fleshly? And are you not walking like mere men? For when one says, I'm of Paul, another says, I'm of Apollos, are you not mere men? What then is Apollos? What's Paul? Servants through whom you believed, even as the Lord gave opportunity to each one. I planted, Apollos watered, but it was God. God was causing the growth. So then neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but God who causes the growth. Now he who plants and he who waters are one, but each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are God's fellow workers. You're God's field, God's building. Notice verse number one. I couldn't talk to you like spiritual men. I wanted to talk to you like mature, spirit-filled, Holy Ghost-anointed, walking in the Spirit. I want to talk to you like that, but, but I can't do it. Why? He says, because you're in the flesh. You're men and women of the flesh. You've not grown up. You say you're saved, but, but you're living like mere men, like infants in Christ, like babies. Paul's saying, grow up. Let's go. This word infant. Oh, my goodness. Babies in the church house. Babies in the deacon family. Babies on the staff. Infants as ushers. Grow up. 
I've been saved 25 years. We'll grow up. Stop acting like children. He gives some characteristics of these kids. He said, like infants, you, you're on a limited diet. Hmm. I gave you milk to drink. I couldn't give you solid food. You're on the bottle. This time you grew up, began to eat the meat of the Word, but you have a limited diet. Why don't you grow? You don't eat. You're self-centered. All kids are. Me, mine. Gimme, 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 gimme. <laughs> you don't have to teach a kid to hoard. You have to teach a kid to share. Because infants are that way. It's my ball. You can't have it. He's talking about church folk. That we are self-centered. I'm a Paul, I'm a Paulus. Me, my, no, no, grow up. Thirdly, he says they're feelings oriented. There's jealousy and strife among you. <laughs> you're walking like mere men. You, you, you like everybody else. I didn't get my way. That's the best way I get it. Preacher didn't talk to me. Hey, I'll give you a, a little. Uh, I just want to fall into the flesh here myself a minute. If you're going to send me a letter and you ain't got guts to sign your name to it, just keep it to yourself. <laughs> Grow up! I didn't get any unsigned letters this week. <laughs> Last week, yes, but not this week. Just grow up. Juan, grow up. Get full of the Holy Ghost. Speak in love, encouragement, loving one another. Oh, Lord God, we need a revival of that. Quit being like children. You ever worked down here in a preschool? A few years ago, I was on sabbatical. I came back early, and I said, I'll go down and work in the preschool. I went in there. Nobody knew I was here, and I went down. They set me down in a rocking chair and put a kid on each side of me, one on each, and I was just a rocking. They was crying, spitting up, and hollering, puke all over me. Kept going, kept going. I looked up at the clock one time, and it was 1217. Whoever was preaching was still a-going. I'll never forget it. The lady come walking by, and she said, quit looking at the clock. Said, long, said don't forget, long as you preach, we just keep rocking down here. <laughs> I said, Lord, help me grow up. You, you go down there to those kids. They, they're just all about their own feelings. They're dependent on external, nothing internal. It's always external with the children. Lights, toys. Playthings. What is that? There's a mobile. Isn't that what they used to call it? I don't know. They put that above the bed and they go around and sing a little song and they bat at it. 
Well, if you don't entertain Baptists today, why? They're kids. Unproductive is the fifth. Kids add nothing. They don't give a tithe. They don't get a job. They don't usher. They don't pass an offering. They don't teach a class. They do squat. No, they do squat. <laughs> but that's about it. They're not nobody. None of these children come walking and say, hey, got me a job paying $15 an hour and I'm going to give a tithe. No. Kids don't bring their friends. They trifle. They play. I'm of Apollos. I'm of Paul. Grow up. That's what he's saying. Grow up and get full of the Spirit of the living God. It's interesting, this word in chapter 3, verse 1, infant. If you're reading the King James, it says babes or baby. It's an interesting word, nepois, N-E-P-O-I-S. The front end of it is in, it means the negative. Poise is, it, it, it's hard to define exactly, but it's verbal. It, it's words. It's say, it, an infant says not. That, that's the word. It, it can't say anything. It can't talk. Babies don't talk. They throw up. They coo. They cry. They holler. But they don't talk. I mean, if you walk in there one night and you got a, three-month-old, and they pull up on the deal and say, Dad, I'm really thirsty. Would you mind getting me some milk? Uh, start recording that, because Einstein has moved to your house, all right? I'm just telling you, that doesn't happen. Kids can't be verbal. Baptists just babble and goo and yuck and hoo and goo. That, that's what fleshly people do. Grow up! And when you grow up, you get full of Jesus. And then you move to make the confessions of the Spirit filled. See, children, they don't say nothing. Just pull on mama's hair, coo, grab something. Now, if these ladies have these children and they're 15 and they're still sitting in their lap and they won't do anything, then something's wrong with these children. Or the parents. You got to treat them like teens. And then if they turn 25, as Dr. Rogers used to say, every child is an arrow put in a bow and you are to shoot it. And he said, some of them you pull way back. <laughs> so they go way out there. So they can't even see the house from where it lands. Amen. There's no coming back. All right. These mothers raise these children, and they are to do what they do now. But fast forward 20 years, and these children should not be doing this. They should be growing up in the physical. Friend, if you've been saved 10, 15 years, it's time for you to grow up in the spiritual. Paul says, I can't even talk to you like a pneumocos, like a spiritual man, because you're an infant. You can't even say it. But there's some confessions that the spirit man 
will make. And I want to give you three of those. Would you thank these ladies for helping me just a little bit this morning? Thank you, ladies. Amen. See you later. Amen. Those babies can't make a confession. But if you're saved, you are to make a confession. What are the three confessions of the spiritual man? I want to give you those this morning and then give an invitation. I'm going to ask you out of that balcony to get up, walk here and say yes to Jesus. Come and join this church in the invitation. In just a few minutes, I'm going to ask you to come and stand right here with me and say yes to Jesus and yes to growing up in the faith. Three confessions of the spiritual man. Here we go. Number one, the first confession is this. He is Savior. He is Savior. Listen to me. You will never grow up to spirit fullness unless you have a 100% assurance that Jesus Christ is your Lord and He is your Savior. If you cannot take me to a time and tell me of a place and show me a change, you'll never have assurance. You'll always doubt. And if you're always doubting, you'll never be growing. But if you know you are the Lord's, you'll begin to move forward and say, He is Savior. That's the first confession that any of us need to make. 1 John 4, verse 14 says it this way. We have seen and testified that the Father has sent the Son to be the what? Savior of the world. He gives an assurance of salvation. It is a must. If you are going to walk by faith, it is a must that you are 100% sure that you're a child of God, that you have been saved, born again. There are people who walk through the church and they doubt, and when you press them, you'll ask them, are you a Christian? They say, well, I hope so. Are you going to heaven when you die? Well, I think so. Friend, that's not something to hope or think about. That's something to know. 1 John 5 tells us, these things I've written to you that believe that you may, K-N-O-W, know that you have eternal life. You'll never grow up in your faith until you are solid that He is the Savior of your life. I'm fearful that some of you are going to be Matthew 7, 22 people. Jesus is the one who said this. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name cast out demons, your name perform miracles, and then I will declare to them on that day of judgment, depart from me those who practice lawlessness. Why? I never knew you. Does Christ know you? Do you declare him as Savior and Lord? He is Savior. That's the first thing that a spirit-filled believer nails down, that they know they know that Jesus is Lord. If you've never been saved or if you're doubting your salvation, when we sing this song in a minute, I want you to come down this aisle and say yes to Jesus. The key, to, the key, the key to saying He is Savior is to believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Are you sure? I had a gentleman who's watching in the early service. He's in a fishing tournament. Some of you know who he is. He sent me a text early this morning, and he said to me, like many of you watching online, he, he, he sent me a text. He said, Pastor, I will be on the Olive app watching on the Tennessee River. In between services, I was over here getting a drink of water. I looked down on my phone. I had a text from that man, and he said, I am sure of my salvation from the river and the fishing boat. 
I know that I know this day. Now I'm telling you, it's bad to go to hell from a lot of places, but it's sure bad to go to hell from the church pew. Make sure you know that you're rock solid. That you've been saved and then walk in baptism. If you're going to grow in your spiritual life, you, 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 the reason so many that come to church have never grown their faith is because they've never nailed down He is Savior. But there's a second confession. And that is that He is Lord. He is Lord. Philippians 2, verses 19 and 11, Paul says it this way, For this reason also God highly exalted him, bestowed on him the name that's above every name, the name of Jesus. Every knee will bow, those in heaven, those on earth, those under the earth, and that every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is curious. He is Lord to the glory of God the Father. While the key to Savior is faith, the key to Lordship is is surrender. Now, a lot of people argue with me. They say, well, pastor, there's no difference in Savior and Lord. He's all. Yeah, when, when you come to get saved, you got to give your life, everything to him. He, he's Lord. But now watch this. When you get saved and you live a little while, you live about a year, you'll be walking down the road and you're going to come to a fork in the road that you didn't even know existed. And you're going to have to make a decision. You, you get saved when you're 10, 11, you get up to 15, 18, somewhere along in there. It's time for you to begin to look around and say, man, I'm thinking I may date. You're going to have to find a Jesus Lord of your date life. Am I going to date the kind of person I want to marry or am I going to be pure in my date life? Is he Lord? Is he Lord? A lot of your lordship questions answered in the back seat of an automobile. Is he Lord? But if you want to be full of the Spirit, you must answer the question yes, he is Lord. Paul said it. One plants, another waters, but those that plant and water, they're nothing, but it is God that causes the increase. We're God's field, but He brings the harvest. We're God's building, but He does the constructing. You let me know two things about you. You let me see your budget and your schedule, and I can almost tell you who's the Lord of your life. I don't know for certain because I'm not God. I can get close. What's your budget look like? What's your calendar look like? Where you spend your money and your time? You'll find out soon who's Lord. A lot of people argue with me about tithing. They say, well, Pastor, you know, tithing is really not New Testament. I'll give you that. They say, well, you know, it's just under the law. I won't give you that because the tithe preceded the law. Came with Abraham before the law. Well, I'll give you this. 
You know, I don't argue with whether you ought to be a tither or not. I'll live with you telling God you'll give whatever God tells you to give if you'll do what God tells you to give. I'm here to tell you God will take you further under grace than you ever commanded under law. Amen. You just got He doesn't want a tenth. He wants it all. And when you bring all of your checkbook, he's Lord. And then he tells you how to distribute. He doesn't want one day of your life. He, he doesn't want Sunday morning. He, he wants all of your calendar. He's just as much as Lord on Friday night as he is Sunday morning, if he's Lord. As far as I tell you from time to time, if he's not Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. Lordship takes surrender all of your life. This right here was at one time the key that opened every door at Olive Baptist Church. This was the master key. <laughs> but it doesn't open much anymore. Because now we have a fob. And you go to the door and you, the red light turns green and something clean, you can go, go in. This is the master fob. Well, 99% master. Now, there's even some doors I can't get in. There's some doors I don't want in. There's some places where money is stored that I shouldn't be in. Glenn Best can get in anything. He's more trustworthy than the pastor. <laughs> He's got this master, master. Every now and then there's a door I need to get in. I call Glenn. I say, well, they let two of us in, but not one. Friend, when he's Lord, he's got the key to everything in your life. Every door, every safe, every lockbox every relationship he doesn't have the master key he's just the master we sing that song he is Lord he is Lord he is risen from the dead and he is Lord Lord some of us are going to give we're going to stand the judgment for singing lies at church hmm is he Lord that's the confession of the spiritual man he is Savior then he is Lord. But thirdly, very quickly, won't you see this? The third confession. Friend, if you want to be filled with the Spirit of God, you want to grow up in your faith, you've got to say he is Savior, he is Lord. Then your third confession, he is able. Notice verse number seven. So neither the one who plants or the one who waters is anything, but it is God who causes the growth. God is the one with supernatural ability. And while Salvation ties to belief. Lordship ties to surrender. Ability with God ties to faith, to faith. Hebrews 7, verse 25, therefore, he is able. 
to save forever those who draw near through him since he always lives to make intercession for them. He saves forever. He saves you once saved, always saved. He saves you forever. He is able. Oh, my soul, God can do whatever need be done in your life. You remember the story? Jesus is coming to Capernaum. Capernaum, it's, it's a town where Jesus probably did as many miracles as any place you find in the New Testament when he came to Capernaum. It's, it's my wife's favorite city to visit in the Holy Land because of the way the Jewish guide will pronounce Capernaum. I can't even say it. But it was there that Jesus did so many miracles. It was there in Mark 2 that he came walking into Capernaum and he was doing the miracles and he was healing the sick. And there was a noise because four men had a lame man and they brought him to the house in Capernaum where the miracles were being done but they couldn't get in and the Bible says they went up and uh, on the roof and in those days they had like a patio on many of the roofs they were flat roofs and they had stairs that would go up the side and there they would uh, recline it was like a patio or uh, a place where they could rest and they went up and started tearing the roof back it looked like Olive Baptist Church they were tearing the roof out and they looked up, and there was a man on a pallet who started down through the roof, and the four were holding the corners of the rope, and down, 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 down he came. And Jesus, the Bible says in Mark 2, 5, and when Jesus saw their faith, he healed the crippled. And when Jesus sees your faith, he'll begin to do some things he's never done before. You say, preacher, it doesn't make sense. Often faith doesn't make sense. You, you can't tie those off. Faith is substance of things not seen. Oh, yeah. I can believe if you let me see. But faith is substance. It's, you don't see it. You got a word from God and you stand on it. And then you let it down and say, Lord Jesus, we're... if they'd had to got that old boy out of there and carried him home, how foolish would they have looked? And they put their reputation on the line. I sure hope he comes through. What if we let him down and they don't heal him? He better heal him. I don't want to carry him home. It's the rest of the story I want to, when I get to glory, I want to look those old four boys up. What I want to know is what they do when Jesus healed him, they didn't have to carry him home. I wonder if they jumped through the hole or if they ran around and I guarantee you what they didn't do. Well, you know, our job's done. Okay, that's good. So I'm here to tell you they had a shouting spell. Now old boys got happy in the Holy Ghost. Woo! Glory to God! 
bunch of crazy people. He is able. Hey, quit your fretting. Quit your panicking. Nobody should have fear that's a Jesus follower. No one should panic who's a Jesus follower. The only people who ought to have fear are the hypocrites. Jesus is going to deal with hypocrites. Mm. The spirit-filled man, he is able. You walk by faith. Surrender says, I present my body. Faith says, Christ lives in me. Surrender says, Lord, what do you want me to do? And faith says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Surrender crowns Jesus as Lord. Faith appropriates Jesus to be my life. I was visiting with a friend a while back. And they began to tell me their story. And I went home and told my wife about it. I said, honey, this is the worst thing I ever heard. said, this guy was telling me and his family, these people dying. There have been kids that have died and parents and and losing joy. I said, it's, it, 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 it's. And I remember asking him, I said, well, how, how do you get through that? And he looked at me and he said, the just will walk by faith. I went home and told my wife about it. I said, man, I. That's the kind of faith I want. She said, you really want that? I said, no, I don't want to walk through it. I just want the faith. I don't want to walk through it. But I said, if I ever have to walk through it, I, I want to respond like that. Because th that guy said to me, i never forget it. He, he said, Ted, he said, we're just here a little while. And then we're going over yonder. We're just here for a while. Then we're going over there. Faith. God is able. This, this guy's talking about, he's like Job. You know, Job lost it all. He lost everything. And Job said, I know, God, that you can do all things. And that no purpose of yours can be no no purpose of yours can be thwarted. Who is this who hides counsel without knowledge? Therefore, I've declared that which I did not understand. Listen to me. Did you hear that? I've declared what I didn't understand. Faith often declares what it can't understand. You don't understand all God's about. You just know what God said, and you stand on it, and you declare what you don't even understand, but you just know God said it. And Job said, things that are too wonderful for me, things I didn't even know, I just declared those. Here now I will speak, I will ask you, and you instruct me. I have heard of you by the hearing of the ear, and now my eyes see you. Therefore, I retract all of my unbelief, and I repent in dust and ashes. That, that's where he was at full surrender. And Job said, I'll live by faith because I know that my Redeemer liveth.
And friend, when we get to that place of faith, then you become the spirit-filled man. And, and God's doing something in you, and he begins to do it in others. I don't know why, why doesn't God give us thousands of those? It, it just seems like he, he just, a few of these folks will rise up, and, and just when you need them, you run to them. Amen. And Lord, when he takes them, you sure do miss them. And you look for God to raise up others. I was talking to a buddy this week, and I said, boy, we, we, need, we need some people with faith. He said, what we need is some of the grandfathers in our convention to rise up in faith. I said, amen, bless God, that's what we need. And then he asked this question. He said, aren't you a grandfather? I said, I didn't mean me. I meant some of them real old guys. And he said to me, what do you believe in God for right now? Church. I was telling you, God got me up 3 o'clock this morning. I got up for a little while and I went in there and sat down in my prayer chair. It was so pretty at 3 o'clock this morning. I believe the moon was the brightest I'd ever seen. I could have read a book out in the yard. Boy, it was just a glow. Hmm. And I sat down there for a little while. I started praying. I said, Lord, you know, at 11 o'clock, we got a lot of people that need Jesus. As I sat there, I said, Lord, I pray that they would repent that they would believe and that they would confess. Now, listen to me. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, if you're going to know Him today, you're going to have to repent. That means you change your mind about God and about yourself. You change your mind about God, that God can save you. And number two, you can't save yourself. Number two, you believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And thirdly, you confess him. Because if you won't confess him before men, he won't confess you before the Father. But if you will confess me before men, Jesus said, listen to this. Listen, listen. If you confess him before men, he said, I'm going to run to the Father's house and I'll confess your name. Your name. Your name. Glory to God. You want your name at the throne? You confess him before men. And Jesus, Jesus takes it to the Father and says, Lord, this wicked, rotten scoundrel confessed you today and I've washed him as white as snow. I've cast his sin as far as the east is from the west. Lord, I hadn't just cleaned him up. I've changed him and given him a brand new heart. I said, God, he's ready. He's ready for display. He said, preacher, I don't... That's where faith comes. God said he would. So you got to stand on that. Y'all pray for the folks over here in the television room. Because when I run around, they go crazy. <laughs> they ain't got no faith at all, all right? Hey, somebody's here today. 
And you need Jesus to confess you before the thought. Will you come cry out to him and confess him before men and you watch him do that work in you? Somebody's here and ought to join this church today. A whole family ought to come. Somebody's here. God called you to preach today. You've been challenged with that and you've been struggling. You say, oh, pastor, Lord, I just, I came saying if the preacher had mentioned it, I'll come. Well, I've just told you. God's speaking into your heart. and He's called you into that scenario. Some of you here. You're lost without God. You know, you know you don't know him. You, you doubt. You say, preacher, I'm not sure. Come and let's, let's nail that down today. You say, well, I've already done it. Well, it's better to do it twice and get it right once than to do it once and get it wrong. Make sure. Make sure you're sure you're sure that you can say he's Savior. Make sure before you leave here you say he's Lord. And oh, my goodness, no, when you leave here, he is able can I get a witness it is indeed he is we're standing all over this room we're standing father I pray in Jesus name that people come today say yes to you yes to the church I pray father they come in confession I pray they come in brokenness and I pray you'll do your work among your people in Jesus name